Good morning, you're listening to 2XXFM 98.3, Canberra's iconic independent community radio station. Lovely to have your company on Subject ACT today, where we delve into local current affairs impacting our community. It's Monday the 13th of June, the Queen's birthday long weekend. I hope you're enjoying some downtime, or if you're working, I hope you're enjoying the quieter conditions on the road. I'm Becca Posterino. Jennifer Thompson has worked extensively in TV, production and for the National Film and Sound Archive collecting oral history and is drawn to the art of digital storytelling to also empower the storyteller. More recently, she created her own business, Engaging Solutions, to benefit community and business organisations and to share her valuable skills. Today, we dedicate the program to Jennifer to explore what it is to be a storyteller and we'll also get to hear one of her heartfelt and very universal stories of love. Thanks for joining us this morning on 2XXFM 98.3. The program is Subject ACT. Coming up now, storyteller Jennifer Thompson. I'm Becca Posterino. This morning I meet a multifaceted and gifted storyteller, story seeker and story receiver. My guest this morning is a conduit for storytelling. Jennifer Thompson has a degree in community education, community development and counselling and has participated in various intensive narrative therapy training at the renowned Dulwich Centre. Sampling from her business website, Engaging Solutions, she has trained at the Australian Centre of Moving Image and held an internship with UNHCR where her piece, Broader Community Engagement, as a refugee protection tool, was recognised for its contribution to refugee issues. She's also worked in various film and TV production roles, collected oral histories for the National Film and Sound Archive and been an executive officer for a local sustainability non-profit organisation. Jennifer Thompson, welcome to Subject ACT. It is a pleasure to have you in our community radio station oh, thank and program. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. This is, this is really lovely and a, and a privilege too for me. Well, it is an honour to have someone I would view as a mentor sitting across from me. Learning from you is something I'm selfishly looking forward to. Oh, you're very kind. (laughs) (laughs) You are a multifaceted storyteller, story archivist and story facilitator, if I can use those words. I would say you are a midwife for the narrative in some way. You help birth these stories from people and with people. Why is storytelling so important to you? Thank you. Firstly, that's a beautiful description. I'm very comfortable with that. Thank you. I think it's stories and storytelling and story seeking is very important to me for purely selfish reasons. First and foremost of how I got into this is I've always been drawn to people's stories. I've always been drawn to the autobiographical section of the library <laughs> and and even not so much the biography but the autobiography I've, mm-hmm. I've always been particularly interested in people's recounts of their own story and their mm-hmm. own take on it and I'm not that naive to not think that people perhaps take their own put their own spin on things perhaps their memories sometimes are, <laughs> you know a little bit blurred mm-hmm. but for me I've always been interested in what their take on their life is Mm. and I've always been interested in how people can take the events that have happened in their life and make meaning meanings Mm. they make of that and and the difference you know that we can have five people have the exact same event (laughs) happen with them but you can end up with five different takes on that Nelson Mandela's Mm. book Walk to Freedom was I would say a life-changing experience (laughs) for me reading that and I always have that 
yes. close by my workspace yes. and just draw from that. For me, storytelling, while I perhaps wasn't really aware, that's what I was into. I was just always into those those upfront, the mm. upfront. It's a way of mm. sneaking into other people's yes. lives and other worlds that I won't ever Yes. experience myself mm. and I'm so fat or even agree with or even want <laughs> to be a part of but it's such a fascinating way to yes. see how other people live absolutely I loved that show and I was so sad when it went I know. empowering is also part of what you do why are you so drawn to empowering people why is that so important to you I'm not sure where that comes from to be honest and it's something that I continue to search on because I'm really interested where does that come from mm. for me there wasn't uh, as a child there wasn't a I don't think there was a, a big event that linked that mm. for me so perhaps there's some kind of innate part of that however I do think the more that I do this work the more it sheds light on Mm. stories within my own life Mm. and so that learning continues. I think I've been very fortunate in having seen varied lifestyles and Mm. and varied experiences in in my life good bad and ugly. I've had the good fortune of being able of having the capacity Mm. to reflect on those events and what it means to me how others around me Mm. what it's meant to them. I don't know empowerment I have always been drawn to hearing people and helping people feel better yes in a very broad sense and feeling better about themselves Mm. and listening yeah listening and I think that's part of that curiosity yes and not placing myself as higher or more worthy than other people I'm very aware of how fortunate I am Mm. yeah so I I think that if you if you are humility it seems your capacity to empower someone else comes from a place of wanting to give and as you say that sense of feeling equal rather than above because if you're willing to project someone up or out or whatever there is something within you that's quite safe and stable and centered that you can facilitate ignite that movement for them there is something in being able to it's interesting to to be centered and also at the same time in to use some you know counseling kind of speak to decenter so to actually place yourself aside mm. and put your or your not all your but because you you can't possibly you can't. come as a blank canvas sure. but to put your things aside mm-hmm. and to really be present mm-hmm. for that person mm-hmm. uh, i talk quite a bit about parent adult child voice mm. Um, with people and so quite often I've done a lot of work with people who live with disabilities and helping them find their story and what it is that they want to say or want to express. What I have observed over over the years is quite a lot of very well-intentioned, a lot of love around a lot of people that I work with. However, I do see and observe quite a bit of parent-to-child relationship kind of communication kind of going on there. And so for me, what I'm always trying to aim for is an adult to adult relationship communication mm-hmm. and I find that really works and it's very genuine I have to everything has to be genuine if it you know this yeah. if I can't find a, a genuine kind of fit with someone I'll keep working until sure. I can find that a place of understanding doesn't mm-hmm. mean I have to agree or mm-hmm. even like or you know yes. things like that but a place of understanding then we can work together mm-hmm. that's really valuable to see yourself as an adult to an adult rather than in any other position yeah. Yeah, and it can be really 
hard. Yeah. And, and, and of course, the, the wonderful thing about doing this kind of work is not only is it about collecting stories, but it's about communicating mm-hmm. with people. And that, of course, one of the great perks of this kind of work <laughs> is that, that that filters out into your life Absolutely. and into your communication with your family, your friends, with people that you work with. There's some really valuable skills uh, and that that comes across I I hear that quite a bit with people who come along to my training workshops on Mm -hmm. how to do this kind of work is people are usually after the first you know workshop that we have or first session people say oh that was great you know just thinking about that Mm. the different positions that we place ourselves Mm. in and the different positions we place other people in that's changed the way I I had a great conversation with my husband last night because I realized I was talking to him in the parent child and you know adult adult and you know things like having an awareness of how you're communicating can actually change having an awareness open you up absolutely (laughs) that's right and it's not about beating someone down and saying you know how dare you've been doing this it's about having an awareness Mm. and then questioning you know with your interactions with people yeah. Can you explain the subtle differences we spoke about this off here between storytelling, story seeking and story receiving? Can you explain or unpack those differences? Sure. This is an approach that helps me. Mm-hmm. It reminds me what my role is at different times. So for me, I break it down into what I call the three hats of mm-hmm. you know, stories. So for me, story seeking is when I am walking alongside someone else, mm-hmm. helping them explore their stories, their life stories, helping them articulate their stories and mm-hmm. what it is that they want to say. And so it's their story. Mm-hmm. It's not my story to tell. It's their story. And for me, that term story seek and that ever searching mm. um, for the stories, that helps me remind me what my role is there. Mm-hmm. Storytelling. So sometimes I have a storytelling hat on if I'm actually helping someone put their story then together. So say if we have an interview mm-hmm. process and I'm and I'm thinking about all the things that they've shared with me and we've had a really good discussion about what it is that they really want to get across, mm-hmm. what they really want people to hear. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it is my job to be a storyteller mm-hmm. and bring that together using their words but formulating it with the skills that I've learned over the mm. years about how to formulate that story. Mm. But usually the, the people that I'm working with, they are the storyteller. Mm. It's their story. And then the story receiving is something that I like to think of. Usually, you know, we talk about an audience or a listener or, yes. or, some, or a viewer. For me, that implies that it's a passive act. Mm. that we're just sitting there, we're just watching something. Mm. But I believe, and this isn't, you know, I haven't just come up with this, this is having learned from many other people's wonderful work. But for me, this we when we're listening to someone's story or watching someone's story, we're taking it in mm. and we're taking it in and we're mixing it up with all our own <laughs> stories. And so how what we take away from what we listen mm. in a story or what we take away from a story from a movie or from a yes. documentary or interview will depend on our own stories and yes. the, the, the meanings that we have made about different things. Mm. And so we are receiving and then we t- carry that on into our lives. And so for me, that's, yeah. And so I, I definitely believe that's not a passive act, even if it's a tiny thing mm. uh, that we it kind of, goes into our little data bank of stories of our own stories and then we kind of you know some stories we will listen to and it will change our lives Mm. or we're inspired and it'll make us you know do something (laughs) put something into action (laughs) and uh, we are receiving that and it's important then also for the storyteller to understand that people are receiving that's empowering for them Mm. Um, that helps people feel that they can help other people if they Mm. share their story and that's the number one thing number one purpose that I find for people who want to share 
share their story is, or are feeling very shy about sharing their story, <laughs> is finding a purpose and part of that purpose for 99.9999% of people <laughs> is that, oh, well, I hope that by sharing this story, it will help someone else <laughs> in a similar position. <laughs> so helping them understand that people are receiving their stories yes. as well. Like radio, I guess, is, is quite like that in yeah. some ways. Yeah. It has the capacity to change people's lives. But I think it's a really powerful and beautiful medium in the sense that you can connect to people that you can't see. And somehow maybe there is an unspoken interaction that we can feel in that presence. Absolutely. There'll be people listening to this, I'm sure, who'll be going, oh, yeah, that reminds me of a story that I heard. Oh, yeah, I was so empowered when I listened to that person. Yes. One of the lovely things that I like to do with my digital storytelling workshop process is we have a screening and I add messages to storytellers box Mm. and so that's a space where the people in the audience so the story receivers have an opportunity if they want to if they see a story that has resonated with them Mm -hmm. and they would like to give back to the storyteller they can write a little note to the storyteller and pop it in the box and so then the storyteller can see they get that kind of feedback, feedback. yeah mm. that and it's not feedback as in you know oh, i didn't yeah. like it that music but it's like this this story resonate your story resonated with me it's usually things like that and it's usually thank you so much for being so brave for sharing your story mm. that's really going to make me think a bit more about this mm. or i hadn't thought of some of this in my life in that way so there's a lovely mm. in, continuing interact that goes on there To digress and preface the topic I would like to explore later in this interview, we do that a little bit on social media. I mean, maybe superficial, but we do that. We're testing the waters a little bit, aren't we, as human beings in a way that we've never possibly had access to do with social media. There are a lot of that is a, a testing of that need for interaction with without there being uh, an assurance of that feedback what do you think of social media and the part that that plays with what we're speaking about do you think it is a great platform to explore what it is to be human and to share and to be very open and courageous and sometimes inappropriate but absolutely it brings to my that like most things there's good bad and Mm. ugly and some of the beautiful things that have only been made possible because of social Mm. media things like humans of new york Mm. humans of melbourne you know i adore those sharing of the moth in america and i know now they've come to australia i mean that's a that's still a very human interaction without Mm. technology and yet the social media and technology has enabled them to extend that yes i wouldn't have been able to have seen and heard stories Mm. if it wasn't for social media Mm. i do have concerns about again technology is fabulous it's opened Mm. the world for you know i'm all about helping people be heard and of course global media and social media does that for people in a way that has never been possible before however i do have concerns about there's a lot of you know with smartphones being so accessible now of giving people the opportunity to to be heard in a very off the cuff manner mm. and in a lot of ways that's wonderful and mm. that's that's fabulous and it is in- incredibly empowering and life changing for a lot of people mm. however i do think that it's also a good thing to perhaps consider a few things like the purpose of it and there are advantages of being able to sit down and really have a think about and articulate what it is that you really want to say. Mm. I mean, how many times you have an off-the-cuff interview and then you go away, like I'll probably do after this, you know, and go, and go away and go, oh, I wish I had have said that. 
I wish I'd have said that. So it's wonderful to get mm. the off off the cuff and and natural on the spot and spontaneous responses. Mm. However, I do think there is something really powerful in a very considered mm. and articulated approach, which is why I'm so interested in this format, this short story format, yes. and the digital storytelling format. Just to draw back to one of those stories that I saw on your website, that was Ron's story, The Beauty of Grief. Mm. Mm. I was so touched by that. It was so genuine. It was a beautiful love story Mm. from this beautiful man Mm. to obviously hit the love of his life. It really encapsulated the purity of love and the loss and Mm. the importance of a human being to another human being. How did you go about creating a sense of safety for him to actually want to share that or allow that to Mm. come out? My name is Ron and my beautiful wife, Joan. So this is our love story, a beautiful story. When I first met Joan, I met her at a Parents Without Partners turnout and uh, yeah, we got talking. Uh, when I look back, uh, I went after we had a cup of tea in this uh, place where everybody was standing about. Uh, and I went to the sink and washed up. And and Joan came out and said, uh, I think I'll take you home with me. She was a lovely person. And we just sort of clicked right from the word go. And when I look back at it now, thank goodness we did click. And everything was beautiful. For Ron, it was very apparent as soon as I met Ron. Ron was in his 80s, very proud, very gentle man. And every time we, I spoke with him, this is something that happens, it's very common. When I start to talk about just what is it that you would like to express, what would you like to... It's usually people have something that's very close to the surface and so they will jump to that story <laughs> themselves. And he became emotional and that was from very early on and he became physically bereft very quickly Mm -hmm. and uncontrollably Mm -hmm. I just started speaking with him about what that was about Uh, this is after creating trust of course Mm -hmm. and letting him know what was you know and and, and letting people know that they can stop at any Mm -hmm. time and they can say no no, that's, mm-hmm. And I check in constantly, is this okay with mm-hmm. you? But it just became really clear that he he wasn't okay with being like this, mm-hmm. you know. And the people that the other people that were in the room who, who knew Ron a little bit had said, oh, yes, Ron's wife died and he's quite often quite upset about mm-hmm. that. He wasn't okay with that. He was a proud man and he was really frustrated. So I was like, okay, would you... you know, so we, we just had a conversation. I just asked him about his, his wife, Joan. And through that conversation, I learned from Ron that Joan had died three years before and that people were getting increasingly frustrated and impatient with him not being able to get over it and moving on. People were starting to introduce him to other people, other women to have dinner with and things, and he just wasn't there. He wasn't interested in that. He wasn't okay with that. And so I simply explained to him that I'm not about 
you're getting over anything or moving on. What my role is here is I am here for you. I am genuinely interested in what you have to say and what story you would like to explore. I can help you perhaps explore what meanings there are for you. And so that's where it kind of started. And things like understanding, getting it and understanding that he wasn't okay with being like this. So we talked about that. And then we talked about how he, for him, Joan is still here. (laughs) And every day, every day, every waking moment, he's thinking of of Joan. And so for me, it's not about going, well, no, you need to snap out of that. You You need to move on. It's like, okay. So there's a key moment in his story where he says, I wasn't there with her when she died. I think it would be very hard for anybody to uh, experience their loved one in that much pain and to be there and not be able to do anything or ease the pain in any way. The only thing I could do was hold her hand and talk to her. I used to go in the morning, six o'clock I used to go there in the morning and I'd been with her all day. And they told me, uh, go home, because I was struggling a bit at that time. And they said, go home and have a rest. And then the phone rang about quarter past twelve and said that she'd just gone. That just worried me, because I wasn't there. Yes, it's always in the back of your mind, because I wanted to be there with her. I wasn't even there to hold her hands at the last... I think that's the, the thing that eats me up, not, not being there with her at the last. What's your favourite song from a, an Australian songwriter, storyteller? I love Missy Higgins. I think she's a wonderful storyteller and musician. There is a song of hers, that a particular song that I, that I love, and for me it makes me think of Ron and Joan, and particularly Ron and his anguish mm. and wanting to be closer to Joan, and that's the song If I'm Honest. Going out on town, spread it around All that love I've kept for you But no one touches me like you Used to, it's a shame, but it's true Nobody loves me the way that you
That was Missy Higgins with If I'm Honest. A song storyteller Jennifer Thompson, who is our guest today on Subject ACT, feels best reflects Ron and Joan's love. Before that, we heard an excerpt from Ron's beautiful love story. Jennifer worked with Ron as part of a project with Argyle Housing, where independent and elderly people who were also experiencing social isolation met to share and tell their stories collectively. And we'll continue now with that interview with Jennifer Thompson as she shares insights from her experience with Ron and her work as a digital storyteller more broadly. You're listening to Community Radio 2XFM 98.3 on local current affairs program Subject ACT. I'm Becca Postorino. There's something really powerful about going through this mm. process of, and he was beating. He had a lot of guilt yeah. around around this crying. You know, this very grown, proud, proud man, mm. and he wasn't okay with breaking down, crying, and not being able to say her name, even mm. or talking about it. So this gave him a tool of being able to to do that and process mm. it, and doing it with a group of other people, mm. and having them say, "Yeah, that's understandable, and that's okay," and you know, so that that meant a lot to him mm. as well. You've got some events coming up that we've talked a little bit about your Mm. work. I'd really like to share with listeners who are also interested in either storytelling or story seeking, Mm. how can they connect to you and get involved in some of these Sure. So the, the next um, workshop I have coming up is in Canberra on the 20th of June and it's called The Changing Lives One Story at a Time. And I've put this one together. It's just a two-hour seminar slash workshop and it's really for people who have been interested in it but not really sure mm-hmm. what it's about, not really sure. It might be for people who ask clients questionnaires as mm-hmm. a daily process or it might be people who are interested in collecting stories but perhaps aren't sure or just not sure where to go next mm-hmm. or, or have some concerns. What I've put together is just a two-hour workshop which will I'll share my five essential keys to putting together an empowering story project or empowering Sounds people amazing. through story. So look, even if you don't get bogged down about the technology and the, and the mm. details, those things, if you don't have these five keys, you know, these are the really, the really strong foundations mm. for that. So... I'd love to. And I love meeting people who are also in, interested yes. in about it. And I'm learning all the time from people that I'm working with. So time. that's June the 20th. You can get more information from your website. Did you want to say what your website is? Oh, I can. www.engagingsolutions.com.au. And it's I like holding these training events at the fabulous East Hotel in the vinyl room. I find that space a really inspiring, funky, fun mm. space, a space where I'm able to think outside the box mm. and also people who are doing a lot of this work you guys deserve a bit of you know <laughs> a bit of glam in your life and so this is this is for you this is a, a place to come and really think out the box and meet other people who are also mm. interested in this work too that's something else that I'm really passionate about is people joining together so story seekers uniting <laughs> so, it sounds like a movement <laughs> it a, is. So, a global social movement oh it is I mean I've got a Facebook group um, for anyone you know who does come along to training workshops that I run in person or on or online and I and I offer workplace training packages as well to tailor for certain sectors and things and everyone who who participates then gains access to this closed Facebook group and it means that you can then tap into other people's Mm. skills that they bring you know to it as well Mm. and thank you so much for joining us today it's been a pleasure thank you very much Becca it's been a pleasure for me too you're listening to 2XXFM 98.3 Canberra's community radio station
The program is Subject ACT. Thanks for joining us today as we met storyteller and educator Jennifer Thompson. Her website, www.engagingsolutions.com.au, will provide her June 20th workshop details. Coming up next week, we explore women in Australian politics and meet Labor Party Senator Katie Gallagher to discuss mansplaining. We also meet Green Senator candidate Christina Hobbs. And Doug Dobing joins us tomorrow on Tuesday's edition of Subject ACT. Join us each weekday, 8.30 till 9am on 2XXFM 98.3 for local current affairs from an informed and curious viewpoint. Or listen live online. Coming up next, Community Radio Network's topical narratives, all the best. I'm Becca Posterino for 2XXFM 98.3. Have a wonderful day.